You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. But not too far. Rack up points by playing cards to the stacks. But watch out. You can't repeat a color or number. Choose when to stop and score the best stack or push your luck and go for more. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. We're your hosts. Justin. And Ricky. And today we are talking about Push. It looks a little like an Uno-esque game, but it really isn't. It's a neat little tiny game put out by Ravensburger. Ages 8 and up, as well as 2 to 6 players. MSRP $12.99. Not a very long play time. I would say our games lasted maybe 10 minutes or so with like a two-player. Higher player counts that lasted a little bit longer, but you're still playing with the same number of cards, so you get less turns, but the overall time is just more of like which players are picking up what, kind of. So it's a little bit length, but not like we play with four players. I would expect it to be 20 minutes. I expect it to be more 15, maybe. So good, light, fast game that it doesn't have a lot of rules, and you can just kind of crack it out and take it with you. What are your first impressions on push. I recently told you of a new phrase that I'm going to start using, GPSI, and that's game per square inch. Honestly, this packs as much game into the small little container as it can fit. It could be slightly smaller, but it really doesn't bug me that much. The die is kind of at an angle in there, but aesthetically it looks very nice. It's a very bright game as well, and very simplistic. It's a deck of cards and a die. I was skeptical on my first impression because it looked like it may be a little too simplistic, or like a Uno clone sort of thing, and it really turned out to be a little bit different than that, and has a little push your luck mechanic attached to it which is like the core driving thing is a card collecting push your luck mechanic and it's good for that and it takes a very simple mechanic and that's what it does it doesn't overcomplicate itself it doesn't bloat itself it just goes here's what you're trying to do collect cards push your luck and you can bust and if you bust then you get penalized and other players get rewarded i thought it looks like a game that you'd find on an end cap at a drugstore that's probably been around since the 60s this game was put out in 2018. So it's relatively new. Relatively new. It's, it's got a classic kind of look to it. You know, this is going to look on a shelf like it belongs next to your Uno, your Canasta cards, and, mm-hmm. and like those sorts of travel clamshell deck card games. But it's got a little bit more modern flavor to it. So let's talk about the good things. It's fast. It's quick. It's easy. But there's a little bit of strategy tied to that of kind of when do you push your luck? How much do you push your luck? When do you take a turn and, and quote unquote bang? your cards which then protects them from being lost there is a lot of strategy that goes into the game that is surprisingly present that you don't even think about until you're actually going for that second or third playthrough i started noticing you focusing when you got lower cards placing in different stacks than a stack that you already established the majority of the colors at the end of the game you're adding up all the cards that you have either in your play area or in the bank so you want to have those bigger cards you don't want to have six different colors but all of them are low numbers. Well, and that's kind of the give or take with it, too. The mechanic is you can build up to three different stacks, and each stack can have only one of the six numbers, and one of the five colors? Six colors? Five colors, as well as the sixth type of card, which is a die roll. Which is not a good thing. Those are actually bad cards. So, like, you know, if you get a a four, five, and a six established, that's a great stack, and you may not want to push your luck past that point, and I found that was a safe spot for me. Like, oh, I'm getting, like, over ten points if I grab that stack. 
stack, that's a good safe spot. Meanwhile, the other stack goes around the table. With higher player counts, there are reverse cards where normally it goes clockwise, but if one of the reverse cards pops up, then the claims goes counterclockwise. But if multiple of those reverse cards come up, then it's a, well, the first one makes it goes counter, then it goes back to clockwise, then it goes counter again, and you just kind of figure out which way uh, the claim will go. Reading the rules and kind of going through it, I'm like, well, this is kind of like the Uno reverse card, but it's different because you're, you're changing point claiming. That was a neat little twist on it. It's also a game that you can just play around, see how it works, and then jump into a second round, and it's already established. You kind of understand how it works. You have, like, the trial and error phase of the first game to kind of get your bearing on what you should and shouldn't do. So it's very easy to learn, very easy to teach. And then, honestly, like, yeah, it's quick and dirty, quick and easy in that sense. Let's talk about some of the opportunities in a game like this. This is all you get. Yes, there's strategy in it, but it's really more about, okay, how do I stack cards? When do I claim? And when do I push my luck? And that's it. If you're coming at it from a hobbyist gamer, you're going to feel like, eh, overall on it. But if you're looking for something for like your non-gamers, your light gamer friends, then you might find some enjoyment in it. But this is not going to be a go-to like, oh man, let's have a push night when it comes to the, the hobbyist gamer. There's also a lot of counting involved, which for the family game night can become a little bit cumbersome because you do have cards one through six. And of course, you know, you do the old, let's pair everything into tens and then count from there, which is a great way to teach kids how to add. Right. And so, you know, it's kind of a point mush of like, you got to add up your cards, which I think is why the eight plus is that, mm -hmm. you know, I probably wouldn't go much, much lower than eight because you're getting into the, the math numbers. And the other interesting thing on it is your point values are going to vary based on the number of players you're going to have. So what is a good score is really player dependent because you go through the entire deck no matter how many players are playing. So you and I were scoring in the, you know, close to 100, whereas if we play a four-player game, take those points and just divide them across the board because... Mm -hmm. There's only so many point cards and there's only so many totals. Now, when you screw up, there are cards that get lost. If we were more careful about not losing cards, our points could be higher. The other downside about playing two-player is the fact that we just had times where it was just going back and forth and banking. So nothing really happened in the game. It was just, I'm going to put this aside, you're going to put that aside, I'm going to put this aside, you're going to put that aside. Okay, let's start again. Whereas if you had more players, chances are someone else isn't going to need to bank at that moment. It kind of gives you the extra cards coming your way during the deals. Okay, I can see that. Recommendations. Who would you get this for? Who would you say needs to pick this one up? 110% families. This reminds me of games that I used to go over to my grandma's house and she would just have lying around for us to play. It's easier to give this to a wild pack of children and for them to figure it out. Definitely something to have on the shelf if you know that kids are going to be coming over at some point throughout your lifetime. To add on to that, I would say because of its small size, it makes it nice and easy for either the travel gamer. I would also recommend it for your mixed gamer group. So if you have significant others in the group that aren't as gamery as some others and like you want to have everybody included, you can go up to six. So you can actually include those uh, lighter gamers, you know, the ones that like to game but don't want to spend three hours, four hours, ten hours playing something, something light, something that they can go, oh, that was fun. See ya. Yeah, it's definitely something that if you're having a dinner party, you can bust out between conversations 
is. It's another on that filler game range too, because of how fast it is and how easy it is to teach. This is something that if we're waiting for someone to show up, we can like play a few rounds of this. Easy. I would not recommend this for someone who is on the deeper hobby side and wants actual strategy games and actual like meat to the game. There's enough to get that itch a little bit in the sense of like, you know, you're playing with a mixed group or whatever, but there's not any substantial super like, ah, I could wrap my head around this and play it a bunch of times and like come up with the ideal play. Now for the MSRP of $12.99, how do you feel about this game? If it didn't have the die, spending more than $8 on it would be rough because it's really just two decks of bicycle cards worth of cards with the die and the case, which is like a, a nice like clamshell style case. $12.99 is not bad. If it was a little bit less, I think I'd be a little bit more inclined of picking it up on my own, but it's not overpriced by too much either. If they were asking for 15 or more for it, I would say uh, go push this on someone else. $12.99 is not bad. $12.99 is a good price for a game just to have around the house. It's a light enough and fast enough game that you can play this a lot. I don't ever see this being a go-to game, but it is a game that you can kind of throw around the table and be able to enjoy yourselves. I think that pretty much sums it up. It's push. It's not terrible. It's not the number one best-selling game of all time. But if it's something that catches your eye, take a look at it. With that being said, if you like our reviews and stuff like that, we are on anywhere where you hear podcasts like this. We are also on our social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are also streaming on Twitch, which then gets imported to YouTube. Definitely like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the notification icon to make sure that you know when new episodes and new content shows up. And if you want live updates make sure to go to your local casino put five dollars down on the blackjack table and ask the dealer for the good stuff as always thanks for listening this has been justin and ricky happy gaming you've been listening to tabletop arcanum hosted by justin taylor and richard geese and featuring the original music by paul moore and isaac gilbert you can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.